Let's it fly. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. And my name, as always, is Troy Moriello, and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we have a special late, late, late night edition of the Seeing Red podcast here after midnight, uh, probably for the first time ever and hopefully for the last time ever, as the Red Storm take down DePaul 82-74 to in the Big East tournament first round at Madison Square Garden. Really a complete effort for the Johnnies. Uh, three guys score 18 points, led by Shamori Pons, Justin Simon, and Mustafa Heron. The Red Storm really control the entire game. Uh, I think lead the entire way, pull away really midway through the second half, and uh, never really look back in what was really the type of game that I think we hoped they would have played against DePaul the first two times they uh, matched up with the Blue Demons, but they exercised the Blue Demons tonight and uh, get a win and now move on to face Marquette later today uh, after this is released at 7 p.m. at the Garden in the second round. I'm going to break it all down with Brendan Myers right now, so I hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, if you are a regular listener to this podcast, you know Brendan does a great job with these uh, rapid reaction podcasts. So we've got him coming up right now, and we will break down the Red Storm's 82-74 to win over DePaul tonight. And here it is. Okay, we now are joined once again by the impeccable Brendan Myers. He has become quite the uh, the king of the the uh, rapid reaction post game discussion, and he's back again here. Only right, I felt like to give him the uh, the first round of the Big East against DePaul. The Red Storm take down DePaul, eighty two to seventy four. Brendan, thank you again for joining us. It's always good to be here, Troy. You know that. Of course, you're the uh, the regular. As I said, you're, you're kind of you're kind of the king of this. Not no disrespect to anyone else. Everyone else does a great job, but you were the first to ever do the uh, the rapid reaction. So I figured we had to have you on to do one of the last, obviously as well. So, a true honor. <laughs> so the Red Storm win eighty two to seventy four. Uh, just off the top of my head here, I, I mean, we're recording this literally seconds after the game ends. It feels like the the type of game for St. John's that, in my opinion, and I don't want to be a downer, but in my opinion, this should have been the type of game that they played all year long against a team like DePaul or, you know, Xavier, Providence, Butler. This should have been the game that we saw in all of those games, in, in all of those previous games. Yeah, it should have, but I think it is important to see now in a postseason game that St. John's was able to make the adjustments because let's be real Femi Olojabi really killed him in the first two meetings he only had six points tonight there was a lot of well-crafted double teams coming from the weak side and it forced Olojabi to struggle Max Struess was also off his game tonight he was two for seven from behind the arc so there were just adjustments that were made for this being third meeting against the Paul that weren't made by the St. John's coaching staff when they were playing a team for a second time so it was good to see that Mm-hmm. And on that note, I mean, 
I don't know how how great this this worked out because uh, the guy Gage ended up scoring 19 points, but I like that they at least came in with a game plan, you know, for how to defend DePaul and how to how to stop uh, Femi and Reed and Kane and Struess, you know, that they're typical scorers, you know, letting uh, that guy Gage kind of basically have what he thought he took 20 shots tonight, basically have any shot that he wanted. I like that they at least came in with a game plan, you know. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Troy, because one of the things that I noticed during the game was that when Devin Gage had the ball, Shamori Pons had to have been at least four feet off of him, and he was just letting Devin Gage back him down towards the elbow, and that's when he met him. And, I mean, it was just, it was very strange, but Devin Gage only shot nine for 20, mm-hmm. which isn't isn't amazing so I guess it worked out but it's really strange watching uh Shamori Pons let them engage back him down mm-hmm. yeah that, that 9 for 20 is a lot less impressive I think when you realize how open a lot of those shots were they, they look like the like the the pictures or the screen caps that you see sometimes of teams leaving Ben Simmons like wide open yeah. to shoot it like that's what it reminded me of I was like oh my god but yeah that but- it, it's an important thing because it does show an adjustment because they said we're going to bunker down on Oloja B. Struce. I mean, Eli can't have 23, but it's, I mean, it's a tough to contain all three of them. But Oloja B. and Struce really struggled. And they said, look, DePaul, if you guys want to beat us, it's going to have to be somebody else that steps up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, leading that defensive effort for St. John's was, in my opinion, the MVP of this game. It was a very balanced offensive effort, but, you know, Justin Simon, uh, tied for the Red Storm lead with 18 points, and he was really the catalyst on defense, really helped shut down Struess, held him to 14 points. Uh, you know, what, what can you say about his game tonight? Well, I mean, Justin Simon was super aggressive driving into the lane, which I thought set a tone for the entire team. You didn't see a lot of early three-pointers uh, not too far into the shot clock, which is big because we've seen that a lot. And that's when St. John's really struggles is when the ball stops moving on offense. A lot of contested threes early in the shot clock. But I thought Justin Simon did a good job of driving to the lane and establishing the tone and kind of saying to his teammates, this is the way we're going to play tonight. We're going to attack the basket. And they put the ball on their heels, I think. Yeah, and you know about that just just going to the basket. I I feel like, you know, they didn't get they didn't really shoot as many free throws. Only shot fifteen tonight, uh, and allowed twenty two to DePaul. But I feel like they were at least attacking the basket more, which we just haven't really seen during this losing streak. And you know, even on the broadcast, they were saying like it's working for St. John's, and it, that seems to always be there. That you know, attack to the basket, and it's nice to see them kind of go back to it tonight. Yeah, because it was something that I always pointed to, because especially during the losing streak, and some of the officiating has definitely been poor. Mm-hmm. But when fans look at the free throw discrepancies, I don't think that's always an accurate measure when it comes to St. John's, just because they don't attack the lane too often. Mm-hmm. And tonight when they did uh, attack the basket, they shot 15 free throws. DePaul shot 22, so the discrepancy wasn't there. So I think that kind of dismisses some of the things that there is an anti-St. John's bias. <laughs> yeah. There may be a little bit of a bias, but you're you're right. I mean, the the style that they play often just doesn't lend itself to shooting a lot of free throws. And tonight, as you said, you see them attacking the basket more. You're obviously just going to go to the line more, you know. <laughs> right. Um, let's talk Shamori Pons now as well. Uh, to me, for Shamori, this kind of feels like 
one of those games, maybe maybe early in Big East play, but it's more so in, uh, in non-conference play. Uh, almost a quiet 18 for him, and he had those seven assists as well. You know, early in the season, it, it kind of felt like this was the game that he was going to play. You know, he doesn't really have to take over as much. He has a lot more help now. He can be more of a distributor, but he can still get his points. And I feel like we kind of saw that tonight, you know, whereas a lot more in Big East play, we've seen him kind of disappear. Uh, he shot 7 of 11 and 3 of 4 from 3. So, you know, in my opinion, this was kind of the game for Shimori that we thought we were going to get all season long. Yeah, I'm looking at that field goal percentage right now, 7 for 11. That's definitely an encouraging sign. And he really mixed it up also a couple of times. He pump faked out on the three-point line and drove in. A couple other times he stopped for the mid-range, or, or he would take the three. It was three for four from behind the arc. So it's that. that's what St. John's fans wanted to see from Pons, I think, is the ability to score at all three levels while also maintaining the facilitator role. And he did that, Joe. You just mentioned the seven assists. He had four rebounds to go along with it. And it was an incredibly efficient game from Shamori Pons. It was an incredibly efficient game from the whole team, mm-hmm. which is really something we haven't been able to say. Mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you, Troy, have you seen a complete team performance like this this season? Uh, not since Marquette, I would say the first, the first Marquette game. And that was two months ago. We, we did a, we did a podcast after that game. That was two months ago since the last time I think I saw, you know, a full complete effort like this one. Yeah, because Marvin Clark, by his standards, had a, had a poor shooting game, and it was really an afterthought because you had four other guys who really, really stepped up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I think that goes back to you know what what uh, you were saying earlier. You know, they had obviously three guys with eighteen points tonight. You know, but when you, when you and this is kind of what we thought was was going to happen all season long. You know, when you have guys like Pons and Heron and LJ and Simon and Clark, all five scorers who can score, you know, 15 to 20 points on any given night, if one guy isn't playing great like Clark was tonight, the other four guys are a- able to easily pick him up. You know, they only got, I think, what, four bench points? It's not like the bench did much. It was all the starters again. Right, so that's definitely a double-edged sword because I was about to say that's a concern is that you <laughs> only have four bench points. Uh, and and two of them I think kind of came in garbage time for for uh, for St. John's, but yeah, that that's an issue. Uh, do you? I mean, do you see this is obviously a very very thin team. They really only go you know six or seven deep uh, tonight. I, I don't see the minutes here, but I know Cada uh, got a little bit of burn uh, as did Williams and Tremble as usual. But do you see fatigue kind of being a factor now? Obviously, they go and play Marquette, you know, in in less than twenty four hours. It's tough to tell because you want to say you know the. The tournament schedule where you're playing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday will most likely have an effect, but you don't know how the adrenaline's going to affect them if they get some good vibes going and they start flowing. You know, you don't, you never know what's going to kick in, but it's hard to see fatigue not becoming an issue when you're only going, really. You have, you have Trimble who played 11 minutes off the bench and then your next highest off the bench is nine. Yeah. So there's, there's just really a big drop off. You have Kata who didn't play against Xavier in the regular season finale because of disciplinary issues. That's what Zach Braziller from the New York Post said, a friend of the program. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but it's concerning when you have a thin uh, rotation already and then you have one guy who's kind of going in and out because of that disciplinary issue. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, to you, we'll, we'll finish up on, on these last two notes. To you, this, this locks up an NCAA bid, right, for St. John's? I think so. I'd like to... Was it was it was it ever in doubt to you, or, or like did you need to see this win, or did you think that there was a chance that they were going to miss the tournament? I think I think there was a chance, honestly, when you 
what's their record against the Providence Xavier? And they're all in, they were all in six, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. And then if you include the one Georgetown loss, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. a lot so of I think a lot of bad losses. Those stumble ups, I think, were really going to give the NCAA tournament selection committee something to think about. And then just looking ahead to tomorrow, obviously St. John's can beat Marquette. They did it twice. Uh-huh. And once I'm in Milwaukee where Marquette is a completely different team. But against a well-coached team like Marquette with Steve Wojciechowski leading them, it's, it is tremendously difficult to beat a team three times in one season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You saw it tonight with the ball. Exactly. <laughs> it's tough. Um, you know, and I, I think they may have caught, I, I don't know, I, I, may, I might look like an idiot in, you know, 24 hours from now, but they could be catching Marquette at a, at a good time. Marquette's obviously not playing good basketball at all. They basically just choked away the, the uh, you know, Big East regular season title. And, you know, for St. John's, I feel like they've they've gotten kind of unlucky this season. You know, they, they caught Xavier twice when Xavier is playing really their best basketball season. So it's nice to maybe catch a team at least once that's, you know, maybe playing their worst basketball of the season for once. Yeah, and let's <laughs> be honest, St. John's is a good matchup for Marquette because St. John's has the wings to be able to match up with some of the talent that Marquette has. The reason why they struggle, and it's no secret, I'm not exactly, you know, <laughs> revealing some secrets here, uh-huh. <laughs> but the reason why they struggled against Providence, Xavier, and DePaul is because of the front court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have a Lojabi on, on DePaul, mm-hmm. you have Hankins, and big guy on Xavier is mm-hmm. Tyreek Jones, right? Mm, yes, yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's the problem there. On Providence, you have Nate Watson, who's going to be an absolute monster in this mm-hmm. league when he gets to be an upperclassman. Mm-hmm. Providence looked good tonight as well. <laughs> yeah, I've been riding the Providence bandwagon all season because you have, you have Alpha Diallo, who's very quietly one of the best players in the Big East. <laughs> Definitely. You have Nate Watson, who's going to be a superstar big guy. Mm-hmm. And then you have A.J. Reeves and David Duke, who are very talented freshmen. And A.J. Reeves missed seven weeks of the season with an injury. Mm-hmm. Did so they, maybe they, maybe the, our Providence is starting to figure something out there. They could make a run. You know, I, I, honestly, all eight teams remaining in this tournament right now, I could completely see winning the whole thing. <laughs> honestly, before the, before the tournament started, if, if DePaul ended up in the semifinals of the championship is intensive i wouldn't have blinked an eye wouldn't be shocking exactly <laughs> that that's just how the, the league's been this season it, it's awesome you know it's also very stressful but you know it does give you hope obviously if you're st john's to to actually play maybe a semi-final or a final in the Big East tournament which i don't think that they've done in this since like 2000 i was looking up to that i don't think i think it's been since 2000 that they've reached even a semi-final in the Big East tournament so maybe this will be the year who knows and one thing I want to close with, Troy, is that I was actually wor- more worried about this game because I thought this was going to be the toughest game that St. John's played because we've seen they definitely played to their opponent. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. once they got out of this first-round game and now that they're out of it, I guess, after beating DePaul, you know, why can't they? Mm-hmm. If they have the talent. It, I, I just feel like if St. John's doesn't get to the Big East uh, championship, or it's going to be because of themselves. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to beat themselves in some capacity. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be because Marquette plays some fantastic game tomorrow. I think if St. John's loses, I think it'll be a lot of self inflicted mistakes. They have enough talent to win the Big East. I don't think there's a question about that. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean that's what you've seen all year with them. You know, you, you know, it, it, how many games have they lost this season that you know were really the other team just you know killing them or outplaying them it's really been a lot of them shooting themselves in the foot or just not 
you know, coming out with the energy needed. So you're completely exactly that too. You're completely right, man. Um, but yeah, thank you for uh, doing it. The clock just struck midnight here, so I guess that's going to end our uh, our interview. But thank you for coming on and, and doing a uh, a late night session with me here. Uh, I appreciate it. As I said, you were the first, so you're probably going to end up being one of the last as well of this season. So I really appreciate it, man. Sounds good. Hopefully, I'll see you sometime technically later today. Oh, that's true. Yes, I, I will see you later today at the Big East Tournament, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, go Johnny's. All right, have a good one, man. Thanks again. You too, Troy. All right, bye. Okay, big thanks once again to Brendan Myers for coming on and helping me break down the opening round win for St. John's over to Paul at the Big East Tournament. Uh, obviously, we could not do it without him tonight, and uh, he's been a very, very good contributor for a long time. You can check him out tomorrow. He will be uh, at the Garden on the call for when the Red Storm take on Marquette. And uh, we, we may be back with a recap episode for the Marquette game, depending. I will be there in attendance, so if you see me, give me a shout for sure. I'm not sure exactly where I'm sitting just yet, but I will be there. So uh, we'll see, depending on how, how long. I'm, I'll probably stay for the Seton Hall game. So may not get to a podcast tomorrow night, but we will definitely have one out uh, at some point over the next few days, recapping however far St. John's ends up making it in the Big East tournament. And as as Brennan and I just talked about, you know, it, it's really wide open now. You know, of all eight teams remaining, and, you know, this may sound really stupid depending on when you listen to this tomorrow or today, uh, but, you know, Villanova, Providence, Creighton, Xavier, Seton Hall, St. John's, Georgetown, Marquette, everyone left in this tournament right now, I think has a legitimate chance to win it. Or it would not surprise me if they were to win the whole thing or to make a run. So, you know, I don't see any reason why St. John shouldn't be included in that group. You know, I, honestly, I think if, if you were, you know, taking bets, and I saw the, the bets or the um, the futures for the winner in the biggest tournament, I think St. John's was like third. And I, I think that they would still probably be, you know, third, maybe fourth behind, you know, Seton Hall or Creighton maybe, you know, but... I think that the Red Storm are in a good spot now. They've obviously locked up an NCAA tournament bid. There's no doubt about that. They'll be in the tournament now. Uh, They avoid the mega disaster of missing out on the tournament, but obviously still the end of this season has really been a disappointment leading to uh, you know, culminating in uh, tonight's game, having just played tonight. Obviously they do kind of get their mojo back, so who knows? You know, maybe being able to play in this game and maybe finding some of your mojo maybe it's a blessing in disguise for the red storm instead of coming into the tournament as you know a six seed or a five seed and playing that first game on a four game losing streak they do get a win obviously they have to deal with the fatigue now but they do go uh, into marquette now tomorrow on at least you know not on a uh, a losing streak so that's that's good for the red storm but other than that you know, uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes and we'll see if they can take down Marquette for a third time this season. But thank you all for listening tonight or tomorrow, depending on when you got to this. I, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Our little recap of this game. Big thanks again to Brendan Myers for stopping on once again and helping me with the recap. And uh, we'll see where the Red Storm go from here. And we will see if, uh, if they are able to make a run or we'll see if their run ends later tonight uh, against the Marquette Golden Eagles, the two seed in the Big East tournament. But thank you all for listening. We will be back uh, sometime soon with another edition of the Seeing Red podcast. Let's go, Johnnies.